Welcome to The Big Cheese Show, your destination for fantasy sports domination. Now, here's your host, Chris The Big Cheese Cheon. Welcome, everybody, to The Big Cheese Show, a WTOP News fantasy sports podcast. I am your host, The Big Cheese Chris Cheon. So every week on Tuesdays, we're going to be releasing The Big Cheese Show podcast. And then on Wednesdays, we'll have waiver wire articles and rankings for upcoming weeks in the regular season. We'll be having some draft content here as well. This first episode, we bring in a heavy hitter, Evan Silva of EstablishTheRun.com joined me. Take a listen and thank you so much for checking out The Big Cheese Show. Evan, what's good, brother? Good to talk to you. How you been, bro? Yeah, man. Good to talk to you as well, Chris. Uh, we, we got to spend some time during the Super Bowl in Nashville had an absolute blast. The game kind of kind of fell short of expectations would be a kind way to put it. 13 to 3, you know, I was expecting something a little bit more a little bit more dynamic, but um uh, had had a great time hanging with you and uh good that you know now that we're uh, reconnecting talk some ball. Yeah, and I wanted to reconnect with you absolutely since you had mentioned to me during that trip to Nashville you are from the Washington DC area and so you know, we don't have a lot of excitement about this Redskins team here in town, Evan. And I don't know if I'm going to derive too much from the preseason in terms of attendance-wise, but Dwayne Haskins making his first appearance at FedEx Field didn't garner the attention I thought it was necessarily going to. But, I mean, this fan base has been beaten up quite a bit here. Um, Talking from a fantasy standpoint, the guy really only that warrants a good amount of consideration, I would say, is Darius Geis because of the Mm -hmm. ceiling he offers. But, Evan, does Geis coming back from the injury and the presence of Adrian Peterson, Chris Thompson, and the fact that you've mentioned it in pods before, you don't like to target offenses that aren't explosive, really. Is Geis intriguing to you this year? Yeah, I don't like to target running backs on teams that I think might be bad. You know, I think the Redskins' sportsbook win total is uh, maybe six, six and a half, somewhere in there. And, you know, it's not like getting bet up because, you know, sharp people think that, you know, they're going to be good. I mean, pretty much people anticipate them being pretty bad. And Darius Geis does, he has a very limited pass catching background. You have Chris Thompson, um, you know, who's going to play on those passing downs. You have competition on early downs from Adrian Peterson. So, Look, I, I think that what you're hoping for from Darius Geis, just if you're a Redskins fan, let's leave fantasy out of this for a second. You are hoping that he can get healthy, that he can stay healthy, that he can show promising glimpses this season, and then we can kind of reevaluate him next year as a potential fantasy prospect. Um, but I, he's not someone that I want, want on my teams this year. And especially like if you're you know drafting against fellow Redskins fans, he's probably going to go – way too early um with, with for the for the skins i like some late round guys I, I like jordan reed i like trey quinn a little bit um as just cheap guys that i think you know can, could compete for the team lead and targets but uh darius guys i mean even even in in non-redskins fans draft I, I i think still goes a little bit early because he's he's getting hit on two fronts from chris thompson in the passing game adrian peterson on early downs it certainly doesn't help this trent williams situation All right, Evan. Well, let's talk about some offenses that we actually do want to target in fantasy. And you mentioned in an article that you wrote for Establish the Run 
talking about stacking quarterback, running back, and receiver. For those who were curious, myself included, stacking in season long and in DFS, are you recommending that's an effective strategy? We hear that in DFS all the time, stacking, but in mm-hmm. season long too, that's something we should be considering, you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I mean, ideally in um, – well, if you're playing a, in a best ball league, it's, it's certainly something that you, you should consider. But I also think that it's, it's very – like people get worried about playing two guys on the same team. I, I think that they're just really overthinking it. Like, like last year, you know, Patrick Mahomes went off the board as the quarterback 15. You could have got him in the 10th round. Tyreek Hill was going in what, the, the second or third. Um, Travis Kelsey was going in the third or fourth, you know, you could have gotten all three of those guys on the same fantasy team. And man, you would have been, you know, that's, that's a way to just absolutely wreck your league. Um, you know, the Colts like Andrew Luck, because of the, uh, the, the injury to his arm, he was coming at, at a, at a discount, uh, last off season and, uh, T Y Hilton, uh, because of concerns over, Andrew Luck's health was also coming at a discount. He went on to lead the NFL in receiving yards from weeks 10 through 17. He was a huge difference maker in the fantasy playoffs. You know, Eric Ebron was going in like the 14th round. If you can identify an offense that you think is going to be able to take a really big step and you can get them affordably in your fantasy drafts, that can give you an advantage. Another guy, Marlon Mack, was going pretty late last year. He missed a bunch of time in training camp with a hamstring injury. Could have got him in like the ninth round around this time last year uh, You know, uh, in that Colt stack. And this year, a team that I like to stack is Tampa Bay uh, with Jameis Winston, uh, who's going in the 10th or 11th round. Typically, you know, he's in a contract year. He's playing for, for everything. I mean, this is the biggest year of his career by far. Uh, he's, I think he's going to be better coached by Bruce Arians. Um, and then Chris Godwin early, O.J. Howard early, and uh, Mike Evans. If you compare two of those guys with Jameis Winston, I think you're in a pretty good spot. I want to ask you about wide receivers in new places because you mentioned Jameis Winston, and I like him too. I mean, I test sometimes you watch him and he does some things you – kind of wonder about but I like the contract year I like the Bruce Arians again you mentioning in Arians' offense top five in the NFL in air yards in four straight years Um, but do you believe in the notion that there is this growing pains when it comes to wide receivers like Adam Humphreys in Tennessee Jamison Crowder with the Jets that Mm -hmm. it may take these guys a while to develop rapport and get in sync with the quarterback or does that not factor into your decision making when you're in drafts no, it absolutely does. I mean, the, the hit rate drops a little bit on receivers that are changing teams. They, they're playing with a new quarterback. You know, you have to develop chemistry and rapport and timing with a new quarterback. Um, you know, you're, le- you're learning an entirely new offense. I mean, it's, you know, everything's happening in the air for, you know, for a, a receiver. A running back can just jump right in. All he's got to do is take the handoff and, you know, find the hole and, and explode through it. But everything's ap- happening in the air. Um, at wide receiver, and that's why timing and rhythm and, and rapport and chemistry are so important and trust factor. You know, how many times over the years have we seen like Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady just not trust a guy and, you know, they end up disappointing? Um, the, uh, Allen Robinson was a really good example of this year, uh, of this last year. He, w- he didn't even really play in 2017 towards ACL, like with five snaps into week one. You know, essentially sat out the entire season. 
change teams, new quarterback, new offensive system. He's very up and down. Uh, but now I think is the, the time to kind of pounce on Allen Robinson. You know, he's not yet 26 years old. Um, and I think he's going to take a big step in his second year uh, in that offense with the same quarterback. Um, but, yeah, receivers changing teams, always a little bit of, of a red flag. Antonio Brown is going to be a big one this year because he's barely even practiced with Derek Carr. And it's, gonna be, it's just going to be really interesting to see how, how that goes. What round would Antonio Brown have to fault before you would say, all right, I'm taking him? Yeah, you know, see, people are still taking him aggressively. I mean, people are still taking him inside the top 10 receivers. You know, I think they're looking at the situation like all oh, all this is overblown. I don't think it's overblown, man. I mean, this guy has talked about retirement repeatedly. Do you want your second round fantasy pick talking about retirement all the time? You know, whether or not he's going to do it, I, mean, I don't think he's going to do it. He's got too much to lose, you know, in term, you know, monetarily. But um, I don't want my second-round pick talking about retirement. What's going to happen if their season goes off the rails? They have one of the toughest schedules in the NFL this year. What if they're one in six after seven games? You know, are we going to have a fully bought-in Antonio Brown? I don't know. You know, and then, again, the practice time with Derek Carr hasn't been there. He's practiced for, like, 30 minutes at a training camp so far. So – no, he, he's a guy that I'm definitely avoiding. I think he would probably have to be like the fourth round before I consider him, and he's still going in the second round often and uh, almost never gets out of the third round. Sheesh. And let's go to Pittsburgh now. I mean, I wrote about Ben Roethlisberger and Jason Witten. Those are two 37-year-olds that I am targeting late in drafts because the Steelers and Ben put up the career numbers last year and I don't see a drop I mean maybe a little bit of a drop off but like in terms of who's emerging as that second pass catcher with Pittsburgh would you rather have James Washington there Vance McDonald are you targeting is it Moncrief what do you think there yeah Juju Smith-Schuster and James Conner of course are going to be the the volume machines in that offense and then the trick is finding really finding out who's that you know, trying to figure out who's going to be that third guy. And my lean is toward Vance McDonald. He has been there in the system. This is, what, his third season uh, in the system. Ben loves him. Uh, he has been a part-time player for the last couple of years, playing like 45 to 55% of the snaps because they had Jesse James. Um, and Jesse James went to Detroit. And in so far this preseason, the Steelers' first team has played 14 snaps, and Vance McDonald has been on the field for all 14 of them. So that's a really promising sign for him. Uh, he's a guy that I'm willing to draft like aggressively. He's one of my favorite seven tight ends uh, to, to take this season. And then I, let, I go with Dante Moncrief over James Washington. Dante Moncrief has been in on nine of the 14 first-team snaps. Uh, apparently, Ben loves him, uh, feels like he can trust him. This is, now, this is another receiver that's changing teams, so he is a little bit risky. But you can get him late. In, in the draft, he's always been a really talented guy. Just kind of an underachiever. He's played with a lot of bad quarterbacks. Um, you know, Jacoby Brissett for a while. He was productive with Andrew Luck early in his career, but you know, he he uh, he scored a lot of touchdowns. Then he played with Jacoby Brissett, and he played with uh, Blake Bortles and Cody Kessler last year. So he's going to get that elevated quarterback play this year, and I think that um, that's going to elevate him. James Washington in on only one of the 14 snaps so far. I do think he's going to end up being a starter in three receiver sets. I think they'll have Juju Smith-Schuster in the slot, James Washington, and 
uh, Moncrief outside. And I think that James Washington is going to play plenty. Um, but just having – and he's had big preseason games, but they've all come with this college quarterback, Mason Rudolph. They played together at Oklahoma State. And we just have not seen it from James Washington with, with Ben Roethlisberger yet. Willing to take them late, you know, but it's got to be like the 14th, 15th round. All right. Let's talk about the Baltimore Ravens here. As far as fantasy is concerned, Mark Ingram to me, I know the fantasy community, Evan, for the most part is into this guy and why wouldn't you be the Ravens scheme to run the football. But to me, they had Gus Edwards last year and Greg Roman, great play caller in terms of scheming for the run game here. Do you have any hesitancies, though, with Ingram, just the workload he's taken over his career? Do you think maybe the Ravens say, we're not going to give you the ball 20 times. Maybe we give it to you 15 times a game. Or are you drafting Ingram aggressively? Um, I, he goes a little bit early for, for my taste, actually. And, and, look, I understand the thinking behind, hey, you know, the Ravens are projected to lead the NFL in rushing attempts this year, and he's going to be the lead back in that offense. And I'm with you. I really, really like Greg Roman as an offensive uh, run game designer. Um, but – there are, there are some concerns. So I think that Lamar Jackson is a major threat to Mark Ingram around the goal line, as is Gus Edwards, but mainly Lamar Jackson. You know, Lamar Jackson started, what was it, seven regular season games last year, and he finished eighth in the NFL, despite not even playing a full season, not even playing half a season. He finished eighth in the NFL in red zone carries. So that's a concern for Mark Ingram's touchdown upside. And I think that, uh, oh, and then, when they went from uh, Joe Flacco. So when Joe Flacco was in, their running backs collectively averaged like seven or eight targets per game in the passing game. And then when Lamar Jackson came in, they averaged like three and a half targets per game. First of all, they were running the ball a lot more. And on those passing on those passing downs, like Lamar Jackson is likelier to take off than he is to you know check the ball down. So I'm worried about Mark Ingram's touchdown upside and I'm worried that he's only going to catch like 20 passes all season. Now, if you play in a non-PPR league, um, which are, are becoming less and less common, but I know that a lot a lot of people still play in them. Like my dad plays in it. In, uh, it's very t- you know it's very touchdown and yardage heavy. And I think that Mark Ingram is a, is a solid pick there. Um, but you know if you're if you're getting into half point PPR and full point PPR. Uh, I'm looking for running backs that they are going to catch more passes than Mark Ingram is. There you have it. Evan Silva joining us from Establish the Run on the first episode of the Big Cheese Show here on WTOP Fantasy Football. We'll got you covered all draft season and season long. Evan, thank you so much for joining me, man. Let's dominate the season. I'll see you in Nashville in a couple months. Awesome. Thanks, Chris. Thank you, everybody, for joining us here today on the first episode of The Big Cheese Show. Once again, check out my blog, WTOP.com. I'll have rankings, waiver wire content. We'll be providing more podcasts. And follow me on Twitter, at The Big Cheese Show. Follow us, at WTOP. And tweet me any questions you've got as far as start sit, draft is concerned. I want to help you out. Music in this episode is Rev by Evening Land, available in the YouTube audio library. Thank you once again.